Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. What I do is I invite a guest on the podcast. I forgot my own intro. Oh my God. I invite a guest on the podcast and then I ask them to share a sad story. And then we try to laugh about their sad story, making hair grow out of our buttholes. Today, I have a very special guest. It's such a... um, it's such a important topic. I feel like I was very excited to start the conversation, which is why I forgot my own intro. Um, a comedian. She has a wonderful comedy album out now. You can listen to it right now after listening to this episode. It's called Denied Entry. Everyone, please give it up for Athir Yakub. Thank you, young me. It's so nice to see you. It's so nice to see you. I always really uh, look forward to seeing you when we are on comedy shows together which hasn't happened in a while because I'm not doing that much comedy but I've been following your career thank you yeah I I miss those even though they're like the early open mic days but they just seem like such low pressure and misery at the same time but I guess you always kind of uh glorify like the past and you're like uh, nostalgize and you're like oh yeah those were fun times but they're also crazy and I've been following your career and I'm so happy to see um you know uh you know everything that you've done has been awesome people send me your like TikToks all the time I'm like yes I know her yeah my cousins send me and like my my younger Gen Z cousins so you know you're cool um wow. no <laughs> not that you need their approval no but, I do yeah, I desperately it, need their approval we all do yeah what are we doing <laughs> No, uh, why are we doing? Yeah, why are we in entertainment? Um, but yeah, it's very cool to see how much your career has grown, and, and especially everything you've ever come through the pandemic, and it's been wild. So, um, so happy to see you even through Zoom. Yeah, um, I no, I I want the approval of Gen Z so bad. <laughs> that thank you for saying that. That makes me feel so happy. <laughs> But I also feel like you are a cool person. So if your friends and family are sending you TikToks, and I feel like that feels very good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm cool by association too now because I'm like, yeah, I know her. <laughs> um, wait, did you? Don't you think it's so funny that we're thinking nostalgically about the open mic days? That I call them the harassment days. Yeah. Yeah. That too, for sure. For sure. But I think, um, you know, obviously meeting people like you on the open mic circuit was probably the best part of all that. And here we are reunited. Um, we're, we're kind of talking today under very serious and sad circumstances because I contacted you after seeing your you know, your stand up bit about the fact that you're Palestinian. So how like, how are you feeling with all the news? I guess I'm sorry if this is a very big question. But no, I, I think what people don't understand that we live with this constantly. And just these things that are surfacing now in the news, we as Palestinians, you know, don't have the luxury to not keep up with it. Because it's 
affecting us in our lives. So for us, this is not anything new, but the level of what's happening is unprecedented. Um, and I mean, just on a simple level, I, someone that's experienced, you know, I, I posted like less than 1% of white Pal Palestinians in Gaza are experiencing and seeing those images are just re-triggering my own experience living there. So I, I've just, uh, yesterday I was crying all day. I cried at the dentist's office. I cried on the way home. I cried at the, gro you know, grocery store. Um, thank God we live in New York where nobody cares, but you can just openly cry in public. But um, mm. I was just feeling really like kind of helpless and hopeless. But, you know, I just keep remembering like something my mom said to me, like, the last time it resurfaced in the news, which I feel like like in a big way was probably a couple of years ago or um, every so often, like something happens and then people like, you know, it, it hits the mainstream media um, in a very skewed way. But still, my I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I just feel hopeless. And she's like, that's how they want you to feel. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I can't. I get, it's like so it's like fighting it's like this internal battle and then also like oh i have to be on social media and do all this stuff and that's just exacerbated everything so today i just deleted it from my phone and you know i'm occasionally checking on it on my laptop but i just realized how horrific it is to my mental health but um i'm just really like I, i'm also, a lot of people have been messaging me, which has been really nice, just like asking if I'm doing okay. But it's also kind of overwhelming because you're just constantly kind of like just trying to go about your day. And um, and while I really appreciate the support, it's just like a constant, like you can't even like have a hour reprieve, you know, just kind of not thinking about it because we're so plugged into everything, you know. Yeah. And I know when I reached out to you, you said you were taking a little break on social media, but then you also, you know, felt like it was really important for you to share your story at this time and, you know, and doing this podcast because you felt like Palestinian voices or, you know, that that side of the story was being silenced. Absolutely. It's being silenced, suppressed, um, backlash. There's been um, you know, yeah. any not even just Palestinians, but anyone that speaks out against Israel and mm -hmm. shows their support for Palestine has, you know, lot like lost careers, like professors have gotten fired, people are not getting work. It's a real issue. And I just yeah. can't. I, I don't know. I don't I, I can't live with my like, think about what people are enduring there. What it's, it's affecting people's livelihood here mm -hmm. but at the same time i can't morally like just stay silent because of the potential that i'm not gonna get booked or whatever like i can't i i don't want to mm -hmm. also associate my life with people that can't understand and empathize with with my struggle and, and our struggle so this has actually been like in a way it's been eye-opening to see who is kind of in, the, in on the right side of history and, and who is, you know, continuing to um, contribute to that narrative of um, Palestinians being the, the aggressors and the transgressors mm -hmm. here. And it's just so gaslighting. Like it's, you know, when it comes to mm -hmm. like Russia, Ukraine, everyone's like, I stand with Ukraine and I can't imagine how horrific it is there, but you're all, they're not also having to fight the public opinion 
um, and then yeah. media. So on top of everything you're enduring um, as Palestinians, we're also being told that we're the transgressors and it's or being portrayed as such as the terrorists, as transgressor. Meanwhile, you know, people are only speaking out when Palestinians um, fight back. But then the, yeah. over the last 75 years, nobody, people aren't speaking out on the daily horrific transgressions and war crimes that Israel commits. And it's just so disheartening because yeah, exactly. you're like, what reality? I feel like I'm in a Black Mirror episode. I'm like, what world am I living in? And the people that are speaking out don't even know. Like I grew up there. I lived through the like through the upright the first second uprisings. I've been I've experienced this firsthand. I've seen it with my own eyes. I remember as a child, my first memories since I was four was my, um, taking young wounded teenagers to the hospital with my mom who've been shot by Israelis. And you know, I, I don't. It's it's ingrained in my being, and it's part of why. I'm a comedian because honestly, much like Jewish people and the Jewish struggle and how many of them have turned it into comedy, I, I, I relate to that too. So it's like ironic to me that people also think that being anti-Zionist, anti-Israel means being anti-Jewish. And I'm so tired of having to clarify that there is a huge difference and being anti-Israel and criticizing Israel does not mean anti-Jewish, but I will repeat it again. <laughs> it's not criticizing Israel, condemning their war crimes does not mean anti-Jewish. In fact, people, um, there were Palestinian Jews indigenous to the area before 1947, mm -hmm. before the, um, you know, essentially genocide started and the occupation. Um, and so, you know, it's really that narrative is being upheld by Zionists themselves, because if you criticize right. Israel, then it's like you can easily feel out, you know, claim anti-Semitism and everyone is going to condemn you. And of course I would condemn anti-Semitism and I would never, you know, I would not wish the same things that they're doing to us onto them. I can't imagine yeah. living that way. Well, I mean, I think that people, I think that like most people that I know in my, you know, circles, understand that you know understand what's going on it's like apartheid and what the palestinian people are going through but there is this real feeling and i think this is why i really wanted to talk to you today where there is a fear of like being outspoken about that and being supportive because immediately you get that label like the anti-semitic label and it's like i mean my jewish friends you know support palestine like and they get called anti-Semitic, which is crazy. Yes, my yeah, one of my actually one of my closest friends and the person that actually told me in depth about this entire conflict before before um, I really knew that much about it. And I think this is the reason why I didn't know that much about it actually uh, plays into this conversation. Um, she is Jewish and she lived in Israel for a long time, and she's the person that like educated me on this conflict and. You know, she stands with Palestine. And, um, you know, like I was saying, the reason why I didn't know that much about it throughout my adult life was because I was always made to feel like you'll never understand. It's really complicated. Don't ever look into it. You're too dumb. It's too complicated. And I think a lot of Americans are told that because they don't want people to research and look into it because it will be so apparent what's actually going on. 
Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I just want to, can I just point out what, what you said uh, right in the beginning? You said that for Palestinians, this is like every day you, this is like what you live with every day, seeing this sort of um, the horrors of, you know, attacks and uh, civilians dying and things like that. That's just something that you see every day happening to Palestinians. Not just and in Gaza, the- but also the West Bank, yeah. which I definitely want to talk about a little bit more because, sorry, this has just been framed as like an Israel-Gaza thing. And I would love to talk right. about, I'm not from Gaza, but I'm from the West mm-hmm. Bank, but I would love to talk about also just, sorry, spoiler guys, but yeah, just, uh, sorry, no, but just, yeah, something I, um, uh, just want to clarify and definitely make a point to note too. Sorry, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. I would love. To, no, I'm so excited. Not excited. That's such a no, no. It's way fine. to say that. I'm so excited to hear. No, I'm just like I'm obviously looking forward to hearing uh, all your perspectives. But I just wanted to say, like, what you said was like basically you have to live with this every day, and the only time that it's in the news or it's like some sort of global. Uh, thing that we all have to worry about is if there's like this like retaliation or seen as you know like Palestinians being the aggressor where you never hear about the other side of it it's just something that you have to like put up with and then this happens it's on like the global stage and then you're seeing all this sort of one-sided narrative and so it's like not only have you had to like put up with this sort of trauma this entire time right and then the one time people talk about it it's like adding more trauma on you know absolutely yeah it really is like this weird uh almost like that narcissistic abuse like relationship if anyone can relate to being in one myself included where you're also seen as the you you're no longer the victim, but you're also, you are the victim, but you're made to believe that you're the transgressor and you're being gaslit on a daily basis. That's how it feels globally. Exactly what I think that you're like spot on. That's exactly to me what it looks like as well. That's rough. And I just like, you know, it's, I don't know why I'm getting like emotional. I think I'm getting emotional because it's like, I think people, I you know, like what you said, you know, you personally have this experience with narcissism and it feels very silly to like tie it into these personal relationships that people have. But it, I, for me, just sometimes I think political actions and governments and how they move and like live really mirror these little small relationships that people have with each other they're just like that but on a larger scale Mm -hmm. and it's like i think anyone that just heard you say that that's been in that kind of relationship completely understands exactly what you mean you know as soon as you said that yeah and what's the root of whether it's a narcissist or on a global level or or a a political regime it's power who holds the power Mm -hmm. holds the narrative yeah it's yeah oh sorry i've like i don't i'm not like trying to learn not to feel bad about my emotion but i feel like it's uh it feels strange to me to get emotional when you know i'm talking to you and i feel like you're going through a lot no honestly it 
it feels so cold out here that seeing other people it's I don't know it's just all I know you know since birth literally like is seeing this and the, for the first time I'm seeing at least some support Ah, uh, which is, yeah, if you don't laugh, you cry. Am I going to get a hairy butthole now? <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's, know. it's, people should be emotional. It's actually, it's really easy to be desensitized. Um, it's really easy. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I wish I could be a little more desensitized because in order to go on about your day, you can't constantly be thinking about what's happening you know i mean and it affects me personally on a daily basis like i just what i lived through like my i've been bombed when i was living in the um that was one of the scariest i mean uh, the first time they bombed the west bank in ramallah um it was uh, the house across from us and part of our house got bombed and um then we moved back to Alabama in 2001 and then 9-11 happened and then I was seen as like the only Muslim in Arab my school and then I was also seen as the terrorist and I was like can I not catch a break but um that said like I can't even imagine what the kids there whoever is even surviving right now what people are feeling because I, I even feel the survivor survival's guilt and I've lived like less than a I can't even like quantify it like a very small fraction of what they experience but if you see me during like i have like ptsd during um for july 4th or uh, now uh, i live in brooklyn it's like all summer long as fireworks i have to put on my noise canceling head i can't i can't go out in like large crowds i don't go to like concerts and places where there's a lot of people like i don't even talk about this stuff because it seems so um <laughs> I don't know it feels uh, compared to what's happening to them on a daily level and it's yeah. is nothing I'm I'm an American citizen I have the privilege to come back here I'm in such a privileged position um and and yeah I was like I never I didn't really want to leave it was this weird thing where you're like no I want to be here with my people and not being there is just so hard but uh, and being here is hard and there's really no easy easy place to live because um it's just that's my homeland and at the same time i can't even access it i mean i can go to the west bank and it's funny when people talk about gaza it is a you know over two million people live in an open air prison they're caged in they've been yeah. under siege you know I mean, under occupation for over 75 years, but them specifically targeted and siege, under siege and constant bombing and cut off from food, electricity and water um, for 16 plus years. But, it, you know, I if if Gaza is a imagine it's like a maximum security prison, the West Bank is still a minimum security prison. It's still walled off. It's still yeah. apartheid. Settle, settlements are still expanding into parts of the West Bank that are supposed to be under Palestinian, con, you know, control, 
and you know and in you know the Palestinian authority they recognized Israel and what did we get nothing I'm an American citizen I can't fly into Israel I can't go to the airport I have to go through Jordan I have to cross the bridge I have to get interrogated um I I can't I, there's no freedom of movement um my village is like in this is also in the West Bank but um last I was there last summer they just threw up a random like uh gate and locked us in because they were like trying they literally said we're going to punish them for um trying to fight back and at uh um against like locking us in and putting up these illegal checkpoints by international law but it doesn't even matter like i could quote unquote and cite so many things from um you know the un or amnesty international or even israel's own human rights watch and the violations but they themselves disregard it they can do whatever they want with complete impunity so it just feels sometimes like you're just screaming in the into the abyss and i just mm-hmm. on a personal level i feel it on a psychological level and then I, it's still like a small fraction of what people are subjugated to on a daily basis. And I just can't wrap my head around that because I'm seeing how 20 years later, it's still affecting me mm. since the bombing and like since this heavy bombings that happened during that period. I mean, I remember going to sleep thinking I might not wake up tomorrow, but you still have to wake up and go to school and take your mouth test and get A's because your parents are still brown and Arab and, and <laughs> expect you to do well and you know um being under siege and tear gas is not an excuse to um not do well in chemistry i mean i feel like that sounds like korean parents yeah. <laughs> but also you know from like what you said and how you say say that you you know relate to like jewish people i feel like that sounds like what my jewish friends say about their parents and it's just so what i find so ridiculous about all this i think especially um this conflict for a lot of americans because even you know looking at social media i saw like friends that we we probably share that are um jewish and like I think some of our friends are actually even Israeli, like our, you know, fellow comedians. And they were posting and they were being sad, too. And it's like, I think, you know, it's so ridiculous because it's like, um, I, I obviously, I'm not going to say the whole thing where I feel like everyone on social media is being so fucking, oh, you know, both sides, blah, blah, blah. And I don't want to subject you to that because I think that's really fucking unfair. But, um, but I think... You know, at least for people who are, you know, Jewish or Israeli that are experiencing the loss of their civilian, you know, their civilians, and that's like really unfair and painful. There's like some sort of support or like this feeling that, oh, this is horrible for you. But for Palestinians, that just is so lacking, you know? And I think that, like, I know you already brought up the gaslighting and stuff like that. Like, that's the painful part, you know? Like, not only like are all these things happening and you're having to put up with this and you're talking about what it felt like for you as an American citizen to just go back home um, and like how you're treated and they're interrogating you and they don't trust you and they act like you're this bad person, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like at least they don't have to deal with that, right? Exactly. That's like, seems like the most painful part of it. 
yeah and it, it really it really is because uh, and also i think we really need to call it out for what it is because i know the term conflict and war is used but we don't have an arm like we don't have a military it's a militia group and it's a faction and to call it a conflict even the way things the mainstream media refers to it when the, mm. you can even read in all the headlines when they say um uh palestinians have been killed oh sorry have died israelis have been killed even just that mm. nuance of like mm-hmm. it makes you it's it's written it's in the subtext and the linguistics that we use in in, in describing and reporting on it the, the media is heavily pro israel and how they report on it and to call it war um implies that it's two equal powers fighting against yeah. each other I mean, what yeah. what do you expect people to do when you treat them like caged animals? What are what what is the protocol? I would just really love someone to tell me what would you do, you know, to act and the collective punishment of two million people. You know, the average age of Gaza is eighteen. That that's mm. kid. They're eighteen years old. Most of them, and and also even the use of the word civilian is. Yeah. Um, misrepresented with Israelis because you have to serve in the army um, once you, I think, turn 18. I believe it's 18. Right. And so most of them are not civilians. Not to say that, mm-hmm. you know, kids under mm-hmm. age and, you know, people should be um, innocent people or should be uh, killed either. That's not the solution. But it's just the the public sympathy and outcry for for. Israelis who are, um, you know, who experience um, violence uh, is so disproportionate than the ongoing genocide and violence of Palestinians mm-hmm. for over again seventy five years. When my dad was born into, my dad is older than Israel. My dad was born mm-hmm. into Palestine proper and then made a refugee in his own wow. country. Yeah, my dad's old, but yeah, he's, he's literally to say he's older than the country of Israel. Why are you and roasting your dad? I'm roasting my dad. Yeah, my dad. How old oh. is he? Um, and then <laughs> settlers are you know are also violating international law. They're colonialists, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. they keep not just expanding to Gaza, not just expanding into those areas and around Gaza, but into the West Bank, and it's constantly happening. But no one will stop it, especially. Yeah. The U.S. In fact, we're giving them over $3 billion of military aid every single year. And yep. the cognitive dissonance also with our friends and people who claim to be liberals, but when it comes to um, Israel, it, it's it's absolutely absurd and insane because the same people who are like BLM and, t- and, care and pretend, or maybe they do care about Black Lives Matter and, and pl- police brutality against Black people and minorities, where do you think... Check, you you guys feel free to please do your research. Where do you think the police here have learned these um, military mm. tactics? They train in Israel. The same tactics that they're using on us, they trained the NYPD to use on black and brown people here. So how can you be for um, oppressed minorities, but also not include Palestine in that conversation? And it's such a, there's even a term like my Jewish friend told me who's like super, I'm like, I have, all my friends are Jewish, but seriously, like she actually ended up doing birthright and then came back and realized like, this is so fucked up and her and her whole family mm-hmm. are pro-Palestinian yeah. activists. Okay. And like, I've spent many like Thanksgivings with them. Like I call them my second family yeah. and, yeah. and 
they like just by experiencing what's going on, like see that what's um, see how messed up it is. Um, yeah. So I would love people to experience it. In fact, but they don't want you to go and see. They if you go they if you fly know. into Israel and you say you're going to the West Bank, they'll be like, "It's dangerous. Don't go." But you know, I have a. It's because they don't want you to see the checkpoints, how people are being um, mistreated. And I would love for, honestly, everyone should go and see for themselves. We have nothing to hide. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting that you, like, you know, pointed out, like, the incorrect language that I was using that I have, you know, absorbed through the media here. Like, obviously, the Western media and calling it a conflict and referring to Israelis as civilians. I think, though, that word, you know, is a little um strange and it's definitely different than the words that they use for like the victims in palestine um like palestinian victims um but i think you know you you sort of alluded to this a little bit you said that you're finally feeling some support i do think that the tide is turning i think people have been very vocal about it i think it's like uh similar to me when i found out like first i felt like i was being sort of pushed away from ever looking into what's actually happening and i think that is completely totally like on purpose you know in the media in america because because like you said it's like if you just go and look and like look for yourself you're gonna see what's actually happening and then uh, when i did hear about it i think there are a lot of people a lot of americans even recently who finally have like really looked into it and they feel very very strongly in support of Palestine. Um, and, you know, like you you talked about your friends who were Israeli and they went like to birthright. That's literally how I heard about it, too. Like my friend who's Jewish, I went to Israel and lived there for a few years. So it, it is it is. a. I know you said you felt hopeless, but I feel, you know, hopeful just just like the fact that I know about it. And I feel like my entire life, like I kind of felt like I was one of those people that was like scared to say anything because I felt like it was I was too dumb to really understand and I was going to be wrong, you know, it give, I feel a little bit hopeful just in that. Oh, and I appreciate you. And people should ask, you know, and find out for yourselves. Yeah. I would rather clarify something than somebody go on thinking the wrong thing. Like, just ask. It's it's OK. Um, I'd be happy to explain to you if you come in with an open mind and an open heart and um yeah i was gonna say what my friends like there's even a term abi all but israel you're leftist you're liberal but full stop when it comes to israel whoa 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 we can't cross that line Mm -hmm. yeah this is a real phenomenon that happens and it's crazy that people literally losing their jobs look at like bella hadid when she's speaking out and she's supermodels losing you know work over it a lot of people i'm seeing people who used to be really vocal about it um celebrities delete tweets and um Mm. you know being afraid and and uh mondo weiss which is a jewish-run news organization just got banned from tiktok permanently really what was a news organization? Mondo Weiss. They're that amazing. They're run by two um, Jewish Americans, and I follow their news. Um, and they report on. Um, they try to report more on the things that you don't see in the mainstream media. Mm. And it's funny. I was like reading something today about them, and uh, someone yeah. wrote in the Washington Post that they're a hate organization. <laughs> I'm 
like that's anti-Jewish. I'm like, it's run by two Jewish men. And um, anyway, it's I also I know a lot of um, Jewish supporters of Palestine get a ton of backlash. I was just listening to an interview with Jon Stewart. God bless. He's incredible. And he was talking about I love John Stewart. He's the best. Like the best. if you're if if Jewish people he's right. are are yes, he really and John Oliver is right. amazing. Also I love him too. But um if Jewish people yeah. are also speaking out against this, there's a lot of sects of Judaism that, you know, do not align themselves and do not agree with what's going on in modern day Israel. Um mm-hmm. if they're speaking out about it, can you just for a second think about like why would people who are uh, who have been to that region, who've lived there, or even people who are, you know, told that they should align themselves with Israel, speaking out about it, are uh, are agreeing with the with pro Palestine um, liberation. You got to ask yourself, like, come on, there must be something to this. Yeah. And if they're suppressing when our voice, John yeah. Stewart been wrong. I know Sorry. exactly, exactly. <laughs> when he quit the Daily Show, that's the only time that uh, that's. Yeah, they are suppressing. Well, I'm like, uh, well, the interesting thing is, you know, like I, I know I said this, but like, uh, it, it reminds me, I know you like brought up like Black Lives Matter and things like that. It's unfortunately for news to come out, like the truth to come out. The unfortunate thing is that the people in power have to say it because the people that are not in power, like you said, their voices are suppressed. Well, even the people so in power... Like, are getting backlash yeah. and threats and um mondo ice yeah and people are they got banned from tiktok for for saying like i mean I'll read their report this. i mean they're they're just reporting they have uh journalists from gaza reporting on what's going on wow. like they are just trying to show firsthand what's happening that what the mainstream media will not show you that's so scary. I mean, don't you think, isn't there some sort of like protection for like journalists? What? Oh, like, speaking of which, I mean, too. Israel still hasn't been held accountable for Shireen Abu Akhlia, a Palestinian American Christian journalist who got assassinated. The sniper who they confirmed an Israeli that. sniper um, murdered her. Has the, where's the justice for her? Nothing. It just keeps, she's American citizen and Christian because they love to throw the narrative about Muslims, but are, are the transgressors and terrorists, but you know, they're Palestinians full of, you know, Muslims, Christians, and before Jewish people lived there. My mom was like, I remember going to each other's weddings and even breastfeeding from one another because at the time, like when women couldn't, you know, or one woman couldn't breastfeed, they would breastfeed from each other. Mm-hmm. Like it was not unusual. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like uh, it was because of, you know, um, night after, uh, you know, uh, World War Two and all the Eastern Europeans moved there. And then they started calling mm-hmm. on this. This started like creating this narrative like, oh, they're trying to wipe Jews off the face of the earth and tried, started mm-hmm. calling on um you know, uh, Jewish people in their indigenous to Arab regions or the Middle East, like Iraq and, um, you know, I was going to say North African Jews also, and then bringing the Sephardic, uh, sorry, Sephardic and Eastern European Jews together to um, fight for this idea of a exclusively Jewish state, which is also, if you think about it in and of itself, is a racist 
um, endeavor because the people who live there in Israel who are, you know, the, the Arabs and Palestinians that managed to survive um, the genocide that happened in 1948 are treated like second class citizens, like even the ones mm-hmm. with Israeli passports, they can't get jobs, they can't get like, they don't benefit from the social services that Israel provides, they don't, they are not living in the same realities, like what Palestinians want is we want one state with equal rights. Let us all just move freely. Call it whatever the fuck you want. Call it Pal-Israel, call it, I don't care. We don't care. We just want equal rights, equal freedom. And why does that seem like such a radical thing? It doesn't. It, it, it's the only thing that makes sense, but they want to push this two state narrative, but what two states? We already tried that now with the West Bank and they're just ex- continuing to expand because again, who is going to hold them accountable? Sure, you can cite, citations aren't doing anything and just, and I mean, not even like a fine citation. I mean, just like UN citations and, and all the international criminal court can cite the war crimes and what? So what? And then what happens? It doesn't matter. So how is two state yeah. like we we laid the you know kind of Palestinians feel betrayed betrayed by the Palestinian Authority because they gave in and we got nothing. Yeah. And you're saying that there are all these like you know rules and laws in place, but they're not being upheld. And that's if you're a, if you're a citizen or if you live inside Israel. So when you're a West Bank, yeah. I have a West Bank ID and a Palestinian passport. But as an American, that does not even matter. You're American. Once you cross, like cross into that land, you are not treated like an American. You are not. You are treated like a Palestinian from the West Bank into Israel. Yeah. Mm. I mean, even in, yeah, I I can't go into Israel. I can't remember the last time. I think it was 2004. I remember flying into the into Tel Aviv, into Ben Gurion Airport, and then they in that mm. time they were like, "Sorry, you can't fly out of here." So we had to go through Jordan and cross the border, wow. and and since then we can't go. And I don't think even a lot of Palestinians sometimes that live here know that they're like, "But you're an American." I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they don't care. Nobody's holding what them are- accountable." But what are the steps that they're taking to like find out? Sorry if this is a no, stupid no, no, question. No. Like how do how do they know that you're Palestinian? Oh, that is a great question. I mean, you're talking about one of the most sophisticated um, uh, intelligence agencies in the world. I mean, they will interrogate the mm-hmm. shit out of you as long as it takes. They'll talk. They will go back in your ancestry. They are better than um, 23andMe. They will figure out because they'll interrogate you till they figure out who is your mom, who is your mom's mom, who's blah blah blah. What is she like? Um, it's absolutely insane. Like it didn't matter if I changed my name now and tried to go on an American passport. They, they yeah. would figure it out in two seconds. But is that like for everybody that like flies into Israel or is that just based on like your physical appearance or like what is that? Your like, name? What is the process like? Right, right, right. But it didn't, even if I changed my name, they would know because they have, America also talks to them and they have like, a, so if I changed mm-hmm. my name here and got an American passport, it wouldn't matter if I go there, it would be already in their database. Wow. That is so like, I you know, I feel like also another thing for people who are not from that region, 
um, you know, you hear about it and you and it sounds like this like very foreign, far away thing that like nobody that I know would ever experience. But then just like, you know, obviously we're friends and we know each other. And just the fact that that is just like your reality and like you go to an airport and they're inter- interrogating you and like won't let you go and you have to be careful. And you were saying that they gated you in the last time you were there. And then you have to like hear about all these um, people from the place you are from, you know, living through this nightmare every day. And that's just that's just the reality, you know, for you. That just sounds so right. traumatic. Meanwhile, can I ask yeah. you really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I just wanted to add thing, oh, no. one thing is meanwhile, any Jewish person from, from around the world can go and become a citizen of Israel right now and have access to every single part. The West Bank include everything. How crazy is that? Do, pe- <sighs> do Israelis like go into like the West Bank? And- God, um, They're told there's a sign there that's like, careful, this is for your own security. But if you're a pro-Palestinian Israeli, like we don't care. Mm. A lot of them come to Ramallah where I'm from to party. And um, it's not oh, like we can tell them we all look the same. You know, it's not like people That's are like, I mean. no one, We yeah. the checkpoint works the other, it doesn't work the other way around. Palestinians aren't right. checking your passport and being like, where are you from? Are you from the West Bank? Um, a lot of pro-Palestinian Israelis or Jewish people want to spend their money, don't want to spend their money in Israel and want to come into like the mm. West Bank. And, um, but it's like, where are the people they're supposed to go? I mean, and when I said we're walled in, I mean, like by the apartheid wall in the West Bank. I mean, mm-hmm. so anyway, I'm turning red from how like heated I'm getting <laughs> both this. No, yeah, it's yeah. like this is so frost. I, I feel like, you know, I think the, Obviously, people understand what it would feel like to um, ha- be from a place where you see all this like trauma that you're, you know, all your people are going through. But I think that the, I think the other part that people just don't talk about, or maybe they do, is you know what you've been touching on a lot is just like the gaslighting and like the constant living like. Does everyone else see this? Like, do you not see this? The fact that when you, you know, you're saying Palestinians don't even care. They won't even look at your ID. They don't care. Like, if you're pro-Palestinian, they they let you come in and party. And then going the other way, they won't. It's like just that in itself seems like proof. But I just feel like, obviously, the Israeli-Palestinian, like, all the stuff that's going on there is an extreme example of this. But I think that there's so many places around the world where it's so confusing where you're from there and your people are fighting with the people next to you because they look exactly the same and they seem like they're exactly the same and it's so fucking confusing. And it reminds me a lot of, you know, like, I'm from Korea and, like, uh, again, like, this is nowhere near, like, what you're going through, but, like, you know, like, Koreans fucking, there's North Korea, which we, we can't go in there, obviously, but, like, there's all this stuff against like Japan and and um, I'm just like so, you know when I'm when I visit I'm like I barely noticed that I was in Japan right now I thought I was in Korea like are you guys are really fucking fighting over this shit and it's like not to minimize any of the pain that people have experienced through all the shit that they went through there but it's just like it, it, I feel like from what I hear from you is like there's like so much trauma but then there's a, so much like what is this even why can't you know it's just like it makes you like 
feel like you're going nuts kind of it does it is pain for what yeah what and when people also say which i have a joke about it's like why can't we all get along yeah of course we can it's that's not the issue we can get along with anybody i'm from any region we did we just it's not that Mm -hmm. but how can you get along with uh, a racist oppressive regime that keeps you down of course if you talk like people one-on-one like you're gonna talk to them of course you're gonna have a lot in common and culturally but you how can you you can't you can't pretend like this occupation isn't happening and just be like you know all buddy buddy with people who don't aren't for your um right to exist and self-determination and you know people always say like the constant argument was like Oh, does Israel have a right to exist? But it's at the expense of Palestinians. Like, it's like every conversation gets turned. Yes, and it's, it's like, like deflecting from the like, point. And you're like, well, that's not what we're saying. Right, that's what they're saying. Right, like, they're not letting us live. We're not stopping them from. It's living. literally gaslighting. It's so gaslighting. Waltz in here at any moment and have a fucking party at downtown and we're not stopping anybody yeah it's like every single it's like the thing where um every single like accusation is like a confession you know like i know people say that a lot online but it just sounds like that you know Mm. it's 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 crazy making it is it's not only sad it just makes you fucking insane (sighs) yeah I mean, I'm, I'm um, sure the people fighting well, for their liberation aren't like, what's what's this random guy on Twitter thinking? They're like, I need to get food and water and medicine to my children. But we have the privilege stepping back, even having this conversation of being like how yeah. this affects me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and also, you know, like the, you know, I agree, like, what is who like who cares about what the fucking nut job on twitter is saying but like also it is so important because that's like soft power you know that's that's where the change of tide can come you know like it does matter what this fucking dumb dumb says on twitter because if we get enough dumb dumbs to like realize the truth that's when the like the power there's gonna be power behind that you know like everyone knowing the truth or something so it's almost like like, who cares what these people are saying? But it's like, you guys need to figure out the truth, you know? <sighs> Sorry, that was like the weirdest. No, to... no, I get what you're saying. It, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it seems so silly, but it's like, that's how things are changed. You know, like minds are changed, you know? Um, Wait, can I ask you? I just wanted to quickly ask you because you had such a funny joke about, <laughs> which is why I contacted you about your parents and like when people are reaching out, wait, can you t- can you say the joke? Yeah, people are like, I'm seeing what's going on in the news. Is your family okay? Is your family okay? And I have to tell them, actually, my family lives in Alabama, so no, they're not okay. <laughs> that is, yeah, I remember that you because you have a lot of like jokes about this. You you grew up like in Palestine and Alabama. Would you say like half and half or? Uh, yeah, it was a lot of back and forth. So probably half, half. I probably lived the most consistently in New York. I've been here 15 years now. Oh, so um, nice. Yeah, that's, it's kind of crazy. So 
Maybe at this point, a third of my life in each place or something. I don't know. Wait, no, I'm not 45, wow. guys. Okay, don't do the math. <laughs> and so, but yeah, something like that. Like maybe, so, yeah, back and forth. Right, and so your your family's in Alabama. Yes, but they um have a house in Palestine. They go there a lot. My parents are retired. They mm. live. Uh, I do have like my aunts, uncles, cousins. Majority of my family is in in Ramallah in the West Bank. Um, mm-hmm. so, but my immediate family, like my parents and my brothers are in Alabama. <sighs> and they're not okay. Cause it's Alabama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, wow. That's like so interesting too. Cause I know you like briefly touched on the fact that you moved there. The nine 11 happened. Like you seriously, can you get a f- fucking break? Yeah. Also. Yeah. Also, you're like the nicest, one of the nicest people I've ever met and just like, just so like cool and just like chill. And I, I don't mean this in a way, but like just like normal. And it just kind of <laughs> seems we- weird that like you, you're just like a human being, you know, like living and it's like all this weird stuff in the background, you know, that like obviously has stuff to do with you but like weirdly has nothing to do with you and it's just like you have to deal with this you know yeah it's kind of like this thing and sorry and i have to make the mental calculation all the time of like who i the friend who i work with just to feel safe right if this person's gonna be anti-palestinian are they gonna be it's so it's a constant thing that palestinians have to do um it's it's exhausting and and constantly having to preempt and explain who we are as if we are we're constantly having to disarm ourselves like oh we're we're safe like oh we're you know oh we condemn violence but then no one's asking israel to condemn violence no one's like it's so crazy um it's really mess with you it really it's it's a crazy world and it's hard to go on and just do normal things knowing that the again the fraction of the pain that i'm feeling right now is to the umpteenth degree like it's actually life or death every single day um i can't even wrap my head around it i mean yeah i i just i wish people would just please find out like please do your research go go if you can because you can whoever i'm talking to is 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 able to go and do visit the west bank um you could reach out to me if you have questions and um i just want people to really understand and know firsthand what's going on rather than just believe like news bites and media headlines that are um just advancing this like propaganda yep and also, like, if you're like me and just believe this propaganda that it's something that's too confusing for you to consume. And the, it's a complicated line. It's not. It's not yeah. And we it's have. Very, yeah. It's very straightforward. It's straightforward. I mean, apartheid is not a new concept. If I can understand it, you can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also. So can I ask, like, because I, you know, I've heard you say, you know, if you have the chance to go, go. Do you think like somebody like me, if I went to the West Bank, I that like that would be easy. 
it would um i think if you as long as you're not of arab or muslim descent because i've heard of like pakistani muslim friends Mm -hmm. being you know interrogated at the border and um i mean i think if you flew into tel aviv in into bangorian airport and you're like i'm just here to as a tourist as long as you don't say you're going to the west bank they'll be like okay cool here's you know enjoy your visit because you you know they they don't see you as a threat essentially but like Mm -hmm. i remember my my brother got married in in the west bank and they wouldn't let his moroccan american friend through to come to his wedding (gasps) wow they sent him back yeah a lot of people have been sent back. Mm. One of my Jewish American friends got banned because she takes people, Jewish Americans, on tour groups there and shows them the West Bank and what's going on. And they banned her. Wow. And she's Jewish. Interesting. There's this, like, uh, what is it called? Gag order, essentially. There's this, like, worldwide gag order that anyone that speaks out is getting punished. you got to ask yourself, why? What are you hiding? Yeah. It's always sus when people are like, I always think it's sus. Like the fact that you're like, you go, you can go there and tell me what you think, make your own, make up your own mind. Like that to me sounds uh, not sus. And anyone that's like, don't ever, don't ever say anything and don't go there. That's sus. You know, I just feel like the whole gaslighting thing. It's like, it's hard because a lot of people do fall for the propaganda, but it's like, you know, you listen to people like a theater and like, like just listening to how you're saying it, just like you saying, just go there and look for yourself. I believe, I believe her. <laughs> I believe you. Um. Well, I wanted to get to your sad story. I guess this, I, I know this is like a very intense uh, discussion that we've had. Hopefully we can laugh about your sad story, but do you want to share your sad story? I mean, it kind of, we didn't really touch on it because it's kind of the root of my sad story is growing up as a Palestinian Muslim in Alabama and um, experiencing <laughs> uh, racism from both places. Um, and then yeah. moving to New York um, when I was 21 and then uh, going to comedy shows, starting going, and then I was like, you know, I really, this is cool. Like, let me try doing some open mics. Um, which was terrifying. Um, and, uh, I mean, I know it's like not a specific one thing story, but I guess my whole life is this sad story that that I've turned into a joke Mm -hmm. with comedy. I I think like many comedians, we take like trauma and turn it into, um, you know, try to transmute it into something light like comedy. Um, and I, Mm -hmm. again, that's why I think I relate so much to, um, Jewish comedians too, because they're literally using their own yep. uh, experiences of the people that have been historically oppressed um, yeah. and using that uh, to create humor. And, and, and that's literally how I feel too. And I think many humor is yeah. such a powerful um, thing, but um, I mean, honestly, I, I, most of my stories really get turned into bits because that's a way for me to kind of, um, again, sort of recycle that energy into something good. So, um, yeah. I don't know if you want a specific example of the story, whether it comes to had a devastating breakup, um, right before the pandemic. And that's something I like touch on in my comedy, but, um, I was also with someone who was, I'm a narcissist and, uh, that's, you know, we're not to the same extent, um, as Israeli, yeah. <laughs> Israeli 
use, but just, um, uh, and then just having, you know, living in a place where you're constantly seen as uh, a terrorist, whether I live in Palestine or in Alabama, been called a terrorist mm. living in Alabama, now globally being called a terrorist by the news media. Um, but uh, I don't know, do you want like a specific story or like no but like i mean whatever you want to share i guess that was (laughs) that was sad but i something i i know okay i know that it's a joke and i know it's like a big part of your comedy that it's rough living in alabama but just every time you say the word alabama i have to laugh and i like i'm not trying to like laugh at your pain but i'm just like Oh my God. Why did your parents end up no, in Alabama? You, you can laugh at it. Honestly, that's how I started doing comedy. Because when I moved to New York and people were like, oh, where'd you move from? I was like, Alabama. And they would laugh. And I'm like, what? Like, it just, it seemed normal to me at the time. That's the crazy thing. I knew I hated it there and I knew I wanted to leave. I just didn't yeah. see the irony living there until I moved to New York. And then people were right. like, what? What? Alabama um but to, I guess uh, my uncle knew a family from Ramallah and they had moved there why I don't know they still live there and then my dad um I think he was living in Kuwait at the time so basically when my dad left Palestine to work in Kuwait the they like gave everyone who was a resident like a Palestinian ID and if you lived within like the um 1948 borders or within jerusalem you were given like a different colored id so that you were like Mm. distinguished as west bank versus non-west bank i'm probably betraying some of this too guys sorry i'm not a historian but um so basically that made my dad a refugee essentially because he couldn't go back Mm. and work there Mm -hmm. and it it wasn't Mm. it was only through marrying my mom and then after like them being married for over 30 years, was he able to get his Palestinian ID, which is like a double-edged sword because it allows him to go in and out of the West Bank. But it also means he can't go into Israel or leave like the West Bank territory territories. But so he moved to Alabama because his brother was living there. Um, and I have some family in the South, but um, some also some family in New Jersey, but they're like, mm. we don't live in New Jersey. <laughs> either yeah what was there um is there like a place in america where like you see a lot of like a large palestinian population yeah dearborn Mm -hmm. michigan is one of the large i think probably the largest um arab population dearborn yeah yeah it's kind of i've been there and i was like this is so crazy uh even like new jersey i'm in patterson um they they have a lot of uh arabs a lot of palestinians that live there um but yeah, growing up in Alabama definitely shaped my comedy for sure and, and my career because everything that happened to me there was kind of a sad story. Ending up there is kind of a sad story. Um, but yeah, that was really the impetus for doing comedy because I was like, this is insane. Just like being from Alabama. Even I remember like I moved here for grad school and the guy at school taking my ID photograph, he was like, oh, where'd you, where are you from? 
or he looked at my license and he was like Alabama and then started laughing. And then he was like, man, the worst thing I've seen is North Dakota. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this is crazy. Why does everyone think this is funny? And then it started off as like a joke with one of my friends. I'm okay. I'm going to write a funny autobiography about it one day before I started doing stand up. And then it kind mm-hmm. of devolved or into, oh, let me try an open mic and let me do improv. And then I went back to doing like stand up and, and talking about it. Um, but it has, it really helps me feel like it served its purpose in a sense, like, mm-hmm. like anything, like uh, with humor in general, with comedy in general, it doesn't have to be, or uh, not even comedy. I would say even just like any creative expression, ta- mm-hmm. taking something that is sad and, and, and traumatizing and again, like transmuting it to something beautiful and through your art, it really, mm-hmm. it's so cathartic. And if people talk about it really being everything like being cathartic and maybe it's like a cliche but it really is because it's no longer sitting in this like one negative space now like you take it out of you and 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 put it out there whether it's on paper or a canvas or your just your voice or whatever it is it's important not to bottle that stuff up or even just to talk about it because as soon as you talk about something it takes the power away yeah and also it's i think for you know obviously it gives people hope, you know, in times when all these horrible things are happening and like there's no escape from thinking about these realities that people are living. You know, art gives you hope and comedy gives you hope. And it kind of reminds me of like what you were saying about your parents, you know, when you were living in um, Palestine in, in the West Bank and they were like, well, you still got to make straight A's. Like, that's that's like the beauty of, like, the human spirit, you know, like. You got to go on. I know. You got to you gotta do it. And, like, how great and, like, how moving and powerful that your parents are, like, in the middle of getting bombed, you know, with their children. They're still, like, able to, like, get mad at you for getting an A-. minus. <laughs> <laughs> And not going to sleep at your bed. I mean, it's when you're a kid here, like we have a saying in Palestine or for Palestinians, existence is resistance. So Mm. that's kind of what keeps us going, you know, just living, like living. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's a. That's like really beautiful, but it's also really sad, you know? And I think I hear a lot of that in what you just said. Just the fact that somebody like yourself who is just existing you know like what you were saying when you went to alabama and just like people calling you a terrorist and it's like you're just existing and like for that to be a like a revolutionary act is just so sad like why is that you're you know you're just and just yeah it's political just saying i'm palestinian becomes political yeah, that must be really hard but it is also very beautiful and that's like a really beautiful saying you know just by you existing you're uh you know like it's enough it's enough ah yeah. that's so so sad i'm so sorry to hear that and and it's like also i feel kind of shitty too because i feel like you know when you were saying well, this is just like the reality that i live with all the time it's like this is what what it feels like for us all the time and for me to be like oh i heard it on the news do you want to talk about it like that is 
that's like a privilege that I don't even think about, you know? The fact that I don't have no, to think about it. I mean, I'm it. just glad it's in the means. Yeah. No, I, I, even I, I'm privileged by being able to ignore it, turn off social media. Right. I couldn't do that when I lived there. Bombs are dropping around. I can't do that if you're in the middle of it thinking I could die at any moment. But you still live and you go on. And honestly, Palestinians teach me how to live and, and teach me every day the meaning of, of being strong and resilient. They teach me resiliency. I'm like, every time I feel sad, I'm like, that is blood that's coursing through my veins of resiliency mm. and stops me from, you know, killing myself. I'm like, can't let them win. <laughs> Never. You I can't score one against myself. Yeah, I can't score against my own team. That's terrible. But that's the Honestly. darkness, the, the, the dark reality. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like Koreans know all about living to spite somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't die. <laughs> I must get revenge. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Living out of spite. Living out of spite. That's Koreans funny. love that shit. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Well, Athira, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Can you share your social media in case our uh, our listeners want to follow you? Yes. Yes. Thank you for listening and crying with me. <laughs> um, you guys can find me at Athira Yakub, A-T-H-E-E-R-Y-A-C-O-U-B on everything. Instagram. Thread, I don't know. I'm not really. Uh, I'm on TikTok. Um, but wherever atheryakub.com it's got all my info and you can find my album wherever you can get on iTunes or Spotify or wherever um, uh, music or podcasts are found yeah and I I know you're taking a social media break but this will be a great opportunity for the listeners if they want to check out your hilarious clips because I know you have a lot of comedy on your social media Um, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at harrybuttholepodcast or you can follow me at YM Mayor basically everywhere. I stopped using Twitter finally. It got too nuts. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that place. Um, it's too, too much misinformation. Honestly, this was probably one of the things that like I was like on my way out like two weeks ago and this just like nailed the coffin for me. Um, for sure. But thank you for listening and I'll see you in two weeks. Bye.